Hey, child-free besties. Welcome to the No Bibs, Burps, Bottles podcast, the number one podcast that focuses on empowering, highlighting, and celebrating African-American women who are child-free, wonderfully made, and living their absolute best child-free life. I am your host and favorite child-free bestie, Dr. Angela L. Harris. Here on the No Bibs, Burps, Bottles podcast, we aim to dispel the stereotypes and assumptions that child-free sisters are lonely, unfulfilled, and unhappy without motherhood and children. So join in on the discussions, which will feature intimate one-on-one interviews, the occasional themed and bonus episodes, and my personal journey and experiences of being a child-free content creator and expert. Remember, womanhood is not synonymous with motherhood. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of No Bibs, Burps, Bottles. I'm your host, the visionary and founder of No Bibs, Burps, Bottles, Dr. Angela L. Harris, and I'm so excited that you're joining us this afternoon. Now, if you're watching on our Spotify podcast or if you're watching on YouTube, we want to thank you in advance for just supporting No Bibs, Burps, Bottles. We are so excited to bring you another child-free sister to share her story, her narrative, and so I want you to pay attention closely because you know all the guests that we have on here, they are, have been awesome. So I'm going to let Miss India introduce herself. Absolutely. Um, I just want to start by saying thank you so much for having me. I'm really glad to be in the space with you. Um, my name is India McPorter, and I am a native North Carolinian. I'm about an hour north of Charlotte, um, so not too far away from you. Um, I am a associate licensed clinical mental health counselor, and so I work with adults ages 17 and up. Um, I feel like my sweet spot is with emerging and young adults ages 17 to 30, so I do a lot of individual therapy with folks in that age range. Um, And a fun fact about me is that I love listening to and making music. I play saxophone, and I'm in a band in Statesville. I think that's the the really other big part of my life that has nothing to do with being child-free, has nothing to do with my job. Um, it's just something that I really love and spend a lot of time doing. So my first question that I always like to ask guests, how is India's child-free life right now? I think right now it feels like freedom. Um, for a long time, I think I was thinking about child-free life from a place of what I wouldn't have, what I would be missing out on. But right now it's very much in a place of feeling like I can make the choice about what kinds of things I want in my life. Um, Like I get to explore what it is that I actually want first, as opposed to thinking about other people's expectations of me, other people, their wants for my life. Like other people want me to have children, but I don't really want that right now. Um, It's just not the space that I'm in. And so I get to think about myself first because I, or probably for the larger part of my almost 28 years on this earth, I have been more in a space of what is it that other people want for me? What is it that other people want from me? But right now, child-free, the child-free life is about what is it that India wants? What is it that India wants for her life right now, five years down the road, 10 years down the road? And I get to be in a space that some people might call selfish, but I think it's just about me first, not me only, but it's about me first. I love that me first. And we often, especially being a helper. So you mentioned being in the mental health field. So we definitely have some similarities there. You know, when we are helpers, when we are caring, sometimes we can put ourselves behind everyone else. And we're like, oh, I was first, but now I'm last. 
is because naturally we gravitate to that. So I love putting yourself first. So you talk about being child-free and the wants that other people have for you. I'm curious to know what the freedom is because a lot of times mothers or other people may say, well, I have freedom too. I just got to schedule it. What's so different about child-free women having this freedom? So when you talk about your freedom and the openness to do what you want to do, what does that look like? What does that freedom consist of? I mean, sometimes it looks like scheduled freedom. Like I have to plan when I want to go on vacation because I have clients I have to see. Um, like I do have other people's schedules that I have to consider, but I don't have to worry about bringing a kid with me. I don't have to currently consider a partner schedule and be like, are you also free off work this time? Like, can we go together? The freedom is more so that I get to consider my needs first. And it's a lot less about, okay, who else is depending on me? I know that there are other people in my life who are depending on me, but it's less about that and more about I have the freedom to choose what I want to do without so much consideration for somebody else's schedule, somebody else's needs. Um, and, you know, I think that both parents and child-free folks can have that, but there are just some different sacrifices that come along with it that I don't currently have to make. I don't have to worry about that. Like, I have a cat. I want to have a dog one day, but... I can get somebody else to handle that and then I go do what I want to do. Whereas it's a little bit harder to find a babysitter all of the time. And that's just not a, a consideration I have to make right now. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing that because sometimes people often feel like we're trying to brag about this freedom. And I do believe it is different, right? Yeah, there's things that we have to schedule. I have a dog. I have to schedule when I go out of town and board uh, my dog. But mm -hmm. I also don't have to get the permission, like who's going to take this kid to school and what is this kid going to eat for dinner? And can I even go on vacation because I have to be mindful of this whole other family or human that I have to kind of keep in mind while making my own plans. So thank you for sharing a little bit about that freedom. Mm -hmm. Now, India, you mentioned your age. And if I'm not mistaken, you said that you're 28, correct? Yes, I'll be I'll be 28 later this year. Okay. By 30, you have to have your partner and be married and have the house and the great job. And of course, with all of that comes the family. So mm -hmm. one could say you're not even 30 yet. How do you know that at 30, you may not have this pull to have kids or you're still young. You don't know what you want right now. How do you deal with some of those comments, societal pressures of that magical number of 30 and being where you are today? I will say that at the moment, I'm not getting a ton of that pressure. And I think it's because I don't have a partner. I'm not married. I'm not even in a relationship right now. And so I think that kind of gives me a buffer from some of that pressure. If I was in a long-term situation and that person had met my, you know, my family, my bandmates, my closest friends, I imagine there might be more of that pressure. Um, but societally, I think the thing I struggle with the most is why are you not in a relationship? You're 28. Why are you not in a relationship? It's less about the kids and more about, well, what's wrong with you? That you don't have somebody. Um, and I think for me, it's just, it's an intentional, intentional, excuse me, season of singleness. Like this is, this is a choice the same way that not having kids is a choice. My decision to be single is a choice. It's not that something's wrong with me. There are just other things I want to be doing right now, because again, I want the freedom to do those things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I want the freedom to, to not have to consider somebody else's schedule and not have to come home from a long day, an intense day to maybe have to unwind with another person. I want that later in life, but that's just not something that I want right now. 
Um, so a lot of the the questions that I get about, well, why are you not in a relationship? I just let people know that that's an intentional choice. The same way that not having kids is a choice. It's not that something is wrong with me, that I'm flawed. Although we are all imperfect. It's not like there's some like inherent flaw that makes me not able to be in a relationship. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Thank you for giving that that additional information about the season of singleness. Um, there are a lot of sisters who follow me who are single, child-free. Um, they want, they desire relationships. And that season can be very difficult. You're trying to manage being single. And depending on where you are in the age group, um, you might still have these pressures of, wow, that that time that that clock is ticking. And mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that it's ticking biologically for a kid, but it's like, when is going to be my time to yeah. be in a relationship? So how does one create a season of singleness that means something? I mean, part of it for me is just the understanding that it's not always going to be comfortable. There are times where I'm very much lonely. I would like to be in a relationship that would be great. And it's not something that is right for me at the moment. I think this is an intentional intentional space that I've had to create with loneliness is going to come up sometimes and that's okay but I can cultivate other relationships like the one that I have with myself the one that I have with my friends the ones that I have with my family there are other relationships that exist besides romantic ones um and I think just helping folks understand that and I don't say this in a way of you can't love other people until you learn how to love yourself because that's not always true but the more whole you feel on your own like the right kinds of relationships start to come to you. Does that make sense? Yes. I think yes. I think that's the space I'm in, not feeling like I need another person to complete me or that I need to be perfect before I go find my person, but that I just want to know who I am. When I take off, again, all of these expectations of other people, the mask that I feel like I have been wearing over the last however many years, when I take that off, who am I really? Can I get to know her better? and see what she might actually want in a relationship. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so part of it is just cultivating relationship with yourself, with other people, and recognizing that loneliness probably will show up, and that's okay. It doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. It's just we're built for connection. Yes. So where, where can I find that connection? Yes. I know there was a, a stat that recently came out in regards to um, the high percentage of individuals feeling lonely. Mm -hmm. And I also think we shouldn't get it twisted. I think there are parents who feel lonely within their relationship with their spouse or even within the relationship with the kids. I hear that often. And I think more moms are talking about this sense of losing self because they're just a wife or they're just a mother. So I think even though we come from two different ends of the spectrum, loneliness is loneliness, right? And so I think it's important that we grapple that because unfortunately, if we don't know self, if we don't love self, there's a lot of mothers who claim they love their kids, but really can't identify with that love because they haven't really figured it out for themselves. So I appreciate you sharing more about that, that season because I think that season is very important. And I think that's that's the part that I try not to lose sight of is that I want it to be a season. I don't necessarily want to be single for the rest of my life, but there's an intention behind why I'm single right now. And I'm okay with, again, with cultivating some of these other relationships, tolerating some discomfort because this is a season that is a choice for me. And whether I'm in a relationship or not, like you said, loneliness is what it is. Everybody mm -hmm. is that at some time. So I've just learned how to be more okay with it. Not that it's easy to do so, but 
I've learned how to be more okay with it and explain to other people that like, I promise I'm okay. <laughs> yes. I, know, I know that you want me to be in a relationship, but I'm not going to do that right now. Yes. Yes. You have kids. That's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, that's not going to happen. One mm -hmm. could hear that and say, that's pretty definitive. And then another person can hear that and say, well, maybe when you get in a relationship, that actually will change. So kind of where, share a little bit about where you think you are. And no bibs, burps, bottles. We come from a standpoint of, we understand that there are women who are child-free by choice. No matter if the perfect partner comes in, that's not going to change. We also know that there are some sisters who desire relationships, desire to be married, and, and they want kids within that context. And there are some women who are just like, I'm not sure. I, I'm child-free for now. Who yeah. knows what's to come? So India, share where you are right now. I don't mind sharing that this is the reason why I resonated with no bibs, burps, and bottles because you accept all those experiences of a child-free life. Like you are making space for all those different experiences. And I think that's the thing I was looking for is that no matter where you are on your child-free journey, it's cool. It's okay. You can be wherever you are. As for where I'm at, um, I have decided and it like internally accepted that I don't want to be a mom. It's not just a child free for now. It's I don't want to live my life as a mother. And I think because I am still young, I'm not 30 yet. People hear that and they do think that it's really definitive and they get really, I've had a range of responses. Some people are like, yep, I get it. Like I'm a mom and I get it. If I could do it all over again, I wouldn't have children. I've had everything from that response to, again, the what's wrong with you? You're too young. You don't know what you're talking about. You'll change your mind once you find the right person. Um, and, you know, I'm still trying to figure out how to navigate some of those more negative responses because they do come up every now and then. But the thing for me is that I, my mind has not changed since I was a child. I can recall, like, not just thinking about having kids and saying that, no, that's not for me, but realizing that kids were not a part of my thought process at all. Like when I was a kid, I was fantasizing about being a famous author or being a famous musician or thinking about like, what might my person be like? What I, what might our marriage be like? Where could we travel? Where's our honeymoon going to be? I was thinking about those things. Kids were not even in the picture. It's just not something I ever considered. And my mind hasn't changed from that point. So to get people to understand that like, yes, it's a very definitive decision, but it's one that I've had for for a while now. And that's something that I'm okay with. Mm -hmm. It's just the space that I'm in is realizing that certainty lives with me not having kids, but I can be ambivalent about how I might get there. Does that mean I'm celibate for a long time? Does that mean that I make the decision to get sterilized? Does it not mean that? Like there are lots of other options about how I live my child-free life, but the fact of the matter is that I'm comfortable with mm -hmm. in the child-free life. And those are such great reflective questions that I think every woman, whether you desire to be a parent or you want to be child-free, you've decided that you're child-free. How does that play out in your family? So with your family dynamics, parents, siblings, your community, when are you getting married? Why don't you have a partner? And what do you mean you want to be child-free? So share a little bit more about that. I'm grateful that at the moment, like I said, I'm not getting a ton of negative pushback. There is some, like there's always a, an exception to that rule. But for the most part, my family is more so confused than anything because they, 
they have seen me throughout my life with kids, around kids. Um, like, I do think that I have a lot of nurturing in me. It's not like I hate children. Like, that. that is a myth that we should clear up. Not all child-free folks hate children. I love kids. I think they're fascinating, and they're a lot. Like, they are a lot. It's just that I don't want to be a mom. And so when I explain, when I explain to them that I am moving through my life as a child-free woman, it's just met with confusion of, but we've seen you with your your younger cousins and we know what you're like with kids. Like you don't even want just one. I think that's the question I get often is what? not just one. And I'm like that to me, it feels like the bigger jump is from zero to one. Like from not and being- one can be a lot. That's what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. like, in my mind, it makes perfect sense that no, I don't want them at all. But for them, it's, it's just confusing. They don't really understand it. And I think that's a, a big part of that is because pretty much everybody in my family has had children. Um, my mom was the oldest of three siblings. My dad was the youngest of 10 siblings. All of those siblings had kids. Those kids had kids. Like I got a lot of people in my family. Um, and a lot of people have passed on. But when I was a kid growing up, the family was huge. So I was around children all of the time. It was just a natural thing. And so to have me come along and be like, no, I'm good. I think everybody's just confused. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. confused. Have you given any thought as you continue with your choice and standing firm in that? And as you continue to transition from season to season, whatever that's going to look like, have you given any thought to how you are going to deal with those constant questions that may not be relevant now, but mm -hmm. may come up later? Well, this is something I didn't share and it's, it, this is going to sound odd. That's something I'm glad I won't have to deal with. Both of my parents have passed. Okay. Um, so my dad passed 10 years ago and I was, a, I was 17 years old. And that's just not what we were talking about then. The, the conversation around family planning was very much don't get pregnant. It was wait until you're married or don't get pregnant. Those were the two options. Um, and my mom passed three years ago. And I think even, even with her, I didn't have really intense conversations about it. But I do recall asking her a few years after my dad passed when I was just questioning everything. I was like, how did you know that you wanted to have kids? When did you know that you wanted to have kids? Is this something you always knew? And I recall at the time taking her response very personally because it was something to the effect of, I did not want them, but I also didn't want them. Like I wasn't really sure. And like I said, at the time, I took that very personal because it feels like, well, dang, <laughs> like you weren't sure, but here we are. Um, and I think as I've worked my way through that kind of response, one, some of the experiences that we had as mother and daughter made a lot of sense. Mm. Um, because if you're, if you're ambivalent about becoming a parent, you might also be ambivalent about parenting the roles that come along with parenting and that's not to say that folks who are ambivalent can't grow to be wonderful parents that's not mm -hmm. what I'm at all but that takes growth it takes intention it takes a lot of reconciling on the parents yes. um it just it takes a lot of energy to get to that place it's not like a switch just flips once you have a baby in your arms right mm -hmm. and so I think as I've worked my way through that particular answer I think I've gotten to a place where I have more empathy and understanding for my mom because I know 
knowing what I know now, knowing that I don't want to have kids, I know that if I were in her shoes, I might be a little like not that happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd be a little unhappy as well. Um, so I'm I'm grateful that I don't currently have to navigate the actual conversations with my parents about whether or not they want to be grandparents. I do think my mom at some point thought that I would have kids and I, you know, would jokingly tell her you can get grand puppies, grand kittens, but there's there's not going to be any grandchildren. And we didn't really talk about it that much after that. Um, so it's not really an actual conversation that's happening now, which is sad and mm-hmm. brings us all, all sorts of hypotheticals and things that I have to journey through as a child-free woman and just as an adult child of parents who, no, who are no longer here. Yeah. It just brings up lots of things I have to work my way through, but I am glad that I don't actually have to have those conversations. Yeah, yeah. So the pressure is uh, eliminated. And thank you so much for sharing um, about your family because that Mm -hmm. could, you know, bring up a lot. And so I just want to acknowledge, you know, that for you. And you Mm -hmm. see when you were growing up, you had this large family. With your parents being gone, I would imagine you have a plethora of cousins and aunties and things like that. And so Mm -hmm. would you say that overall, they're just supportive of just the choices you make in general? For the most part, yes. They are supportive. I think there are some of them who are very, very much praying that I will change my mind because they want me to have children. I don't I don't think that they understand that that's not something I want for myself, though. It's not just a struggle with my parents not being here. It's not just a struggle with um, like bringing up kids in our current society. It's just that I don't want kids at all. Then mm-hmm. I've had some of my aunts and some of my cousins reflect to me when I've talked to them about it. Like, I don't really get it. But yes, that makes sense because you said it when you were a kid. Like when I would be around my younger cousins who in some ways I was responsible for. Um, like my older cousins looked out for me and my cousins and my sisters that were around the same age. And then we looked out for our younger cousins and younger siblings. So they they understand that I could be good with kids. And I think that's where their struggle might be. For them, that's the struggle. For me, it's just like, I, I hope that you can accept it at some point and know that I'm not going to change my mind because it's just not, again, it's not even in my field of thought. At this yeah. Point. Yeah. Hey, I'm stopping my own YouTube video and podcast episode to let you know about NoBibsBurpsBottles.com. That's right. Stop and visit our website today. We have a bunch of awesome child-free pride merchandise made especially for you. Visit NoBibsBurpsBottles.com today. Peace. And I think a lot of times as child-free women, it is often confusing because again, it's just what what else are you doing with your life if you're not married and a mom? Yep. <laughs> you know? yeah. So it's it's demonstrating and how and having others see how fulfilling our life can be. And not that it's perfect, because I always tell people it's not a perfect life, but I would imagine you're doing great things that your family can see and they don't see the lack thereof just because you don't have um kids. Hopefully they see the abundance and how fulfilled you are with friends and um hobbies in your band. And they're like, oh, India is good. India is good. I will say that I'm grateful that most of them are in that place. There are some of them that again, like I said, God bless them. They are got one. <laughs> or they, they are praying over my womb and hoping that I will change my mind at some point or that I just somehow get pregnant. And it's mm-hmm. like 
that's between you and God. That's okay. Yeah. yeah. And it's almost like some people, some family or friends, they want you to have a baby, but they're not thinking, they're like, how is this baby going to come? Like, they're like, not even thinking that you want a relationship or maybe you want to be married. Some are just like, just, just have it. And there's a process here. But speaking of that process, has there ever been question on your part or encouragement to foster a child, big brothers, big sisters, somehow do more with children because they believe you're so good with children? I will say that that was a struggle of mine at one point. Um, It was during grad school when I was kind of in the throes of learning about how to become a counselor. And I was trying to figure out what populations I might want to work with. Long story short, I worked for a few short months in a group home before COVID. I think there were eight, maybe eight or nine residents in that home, ages eight to 17. And Dr. Harris, when I tell you that that was the most difficult experience for me, that confirmed it. I was like, this this particular setting, this particular age group is just not for me. And I'm I'm okay with that. Um, I will say that my family is, they aren't pressuring me to do something more with kids, thankfully. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that particular struggle has resolved itself. And I'll also joke with them pretty often that I just work with big kids. Like all the adults were just all big kids. We were overgrown children who sometimes may or may not have gotten what we needed. And that's a lot of what I do in my work. I work with the big kids mm-hmm. who doing a lot of that work for myself, like rec- reclaiming parts of my childhood that maybe got lost along mm-hmm. the way, parts of myself that I want to rediscover or discover for the first time. Like when it comes to working with kids, that's the kind of work that I want to do is working with my inner child and helping other people work with theirs, but I will not be having any babies. I love it. I, and we all could do work with the inner child. We all could yes. do that kind of work. And I always would tease, if you handle it there, by the time they get to the college level, they should be all good. Because I'm, yes. I'm in that young adult population, 18, 23, 25, mm-hmm. college, I'm all yours. Yes. Um, the look, And I give it to them. There are certain individuals who just have that knack for working with kids. Um, That's not my ministry. (laughs) Same. It is not my ministry and I'm okay with that. I I wanted it to be for a long time. Again, because people were reflecting to me how good I was with kids. Like one instance that stands out was a family beach trip that I took with some of my cousins. Mm -hmm. One of my younger cousins, I think he was four, maybe five at the time. Like we were just hanging out on the beach, making sandcastles. I was talking to him. Like we were just having a good time. And it was wonderful. And every time my cousin brings up the pictures from that trip, it's like, oh, you're just so wonderful with kids. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> and I'm still not having them. And I think for me, the part that I see other people struggle with is that that snapshot of a beautiful moment with a child mm. is just one part of being a parent. It's so far removed from the reality of being a parent. The yes. job, And I have the 24-7 job in mind when I'm saying I don't want kids. Yes. Yes. And that, and because you're so great with kids and you own that and other people see that in you, doesn't mean that you have to have kids to continue that. Right. And I think it goes along the lines of our model. Womanhood is not synonymous with motherhood. You can still be so awesome with kids and build sandcastles, but that doesn't equate to you must have some of your own. Right. Right. So, yeah. So let's transition. 
transition a little bit to, um, so not, it seems like you're being supported by, by family. What about your friends, your workspace? What challenges or what issues or what themes have come up when you're maybe in a group of friends who all have kids or someone at work is the same, like you have nothing to rush home to, you can stay late. Like what are some things that come up when I share that? I'm really grateful that that is not happening in my work environment. Um, I don't know if at some point it would come up. Some of my coworkers do know that I'm child-free and one of the coworkers that I'm closest with is a new mother. And so we both get to co-create this space of support and non-judgment for our own experiences, but there is no expectation that I'm like taking on extra clients that I'm staying longer just because I don't have children. I have the capacity to do that, but if I want to be good at my job, I'm going to choose not to do that so that I'm not burnt out. Um, so thankfully that's not happening in the workspace. And I think with my friend group, like I have what I like to call like varying circles of closeness and the people who are closest to me all have different experiences of motherhood or of the child-free life. Um, I, again, I've had some folks tell me that if they could do it all over again, they would not be mothers. People who from the day they could speak knew that they wanted to be a mom. People who are like, man, if it happens, it happens. I'm not really pursuing it though. And then some people who are pursuing motherhood without a partner, like wanting to raise a child on their own, for potentially go a sperm donor route. Like there are lots of different experiences in my circle. Mm -hmm. And again, I'm glad that I get to have a space where all of those experiences can coexist and there's no judgment for it. Um, I'm still figuring out what my auntie role, my godmother role would actually look like because me and my best friend, we joke about, you know, me being the godmother, but what are, what are you actually expecting that that will look like? That's a conversation that we haven't had yet that I'm looking mm -hmm. forward to having because that's my girl. Of course, her kids would be like my kids. Mm -hmm. but let's have a conversation about what the expectations are because I'm in North Carolina. She's in Baltimore. Yes. <laughs> what yes. is it going to look like? We got to talk about it. I'm going to send you, I did an IG live um, a few weeks, a few months ago about this very topic I gave. I saw it. Okay. <laughs> and I have my goddaughter on because again, people are like, oh girl, I'll be your God. I'll be the God mom. And some mom have high expectations yes. and some, you know, some are, they have it in title, but they're not really relevant in that child's life. And then the mom feels some kind of way and the kid. So I'm glad again, that women, we have to take those roles, even we have to take those roles because they're important to important as well, auntie, because um, we've all had those kids like my auntie sucks or my godmom sucks. Mm -hmm. I like to say that I'm a great godmom, but that's good that you're thinking and reflecting on those questions because your girlfriend might have some expectations. And if y'all don't talk about it, you can't be the best auntie or godmom that you desire to be. So, and then the child is suffering in the process. And that's the last thing I want. Again, I don't hate children. I want children to be well. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be their mother, but I need to figure out what my role looks like in your life. So that yes, okay. yes, yes. Mm -hmm. So dating now you're in this season of singleness. Yay. Yes. But you also said that at some point you're going to transition because this mm -hmm. is not a season you want to last forever. So yes. as you think about that season and that space of, hey, I'm open to dating. How does that, how does being a child-free woman impact that? 
I will say that I have learned from previous dating experiences to be more upfront about the fact that I don't want kids at all. And to be honest about the fact that currently I'm not trying to date somebody who does have children, um, especially young children. I think as I get older, I might be open to older children, like someone who has older children. But right now, if I were to start dating tomorrow, like I cannot date someone with children under the age of 18. It's just not happening. Um, I can't do it. And so, like I said, based on previous experiences where maybe I waited a little bit longer to say that, of course, people's feelings were hurt and things didn't get communicated in a way that they should have been. So I have learned to be more upfront about it. And I think the thing I'm wrestling with as I figure out when I'm going to move out of this season of singleness and back into the dating world is how am I going to be okay with the fact that my dating pool is probably going to be a little bit smaller. Mm-hmm. Um, like the area that I live in, another part of the reason why I'm not dating right now is because it's a very small town. Mm-hmm. Um, like it's just a small area and a lot of the people around here do already have children. And so if I move to a bigger city, if I move to a different place, how can I be okay with the fact that, you know, this is me on paper, this is who you would be dating. And that might not be compatible with what people are looking for. Um, just figuring out how I can be okay with, yes, my person is out there. It might take me longer to find them. Yes. Yes. And the optimism of my person is out there because Mm -hmm. sometimes people don't believe that. Right. And then they, that makes life even more difficult when you feel like there's not that person. There are a plethora of child-free women, men who want to date other child-free women and men. And so I think it may take a little longer. I myself am in in the same boat being um, child-free and single, and I'm much older than you. Um, But I think it's about owning our boundaries. I know for myself, I'm not trying to change no diapers. Uh -uh. And at this point where I'm at in life, 18, matter of fact, I want your kids to be full grown, like having their own families. Right. <laughs> and I would I would love to go that route, but then I'm uncomfortable because your child is the same age as me. And now now it's weird. <laughs> like True. now I have to be like, okay, I'm single for the next few years, probably. As I move further into my womanhood, my adulthood, what are the compromises that I can make and be okay? Yes. Yes. It's just, I can't do that right now because why, why are we the same age? That's <laughs> uncomfortable for me. I'm not okay with that. Yes. Yes. Got it. So I always ask this question in regards to being black, being mm-hmm. child-free, being a woman, right? For some, when they look or hear those labels, it's like strike, strike, strike. Mm-hmm. We come from a place of empowerment. Yes. We are women we are child-free and we're Black and all of that is beautiful. How do you empower yourself on any given day, week, month, when all those strikes, when they appear to just be so much pressure, you feel invisible, how do you uplift and empower yourself? Specifically, I have been practicing a lot of affirmations with myself. It's something that I do with my clients as well, but the things that you feel maybe most insecure about, the things that you feel that society does not like about you, what do you like about them? What can you affirm about them? And that's what I've been doing for myself. Like, yes, society sees my Blackness as a threat, but I see it as beauty, as a source of joy, as a source of history. I see my child freeness as a source of freedom, as a source of choice. Like, just changing the narrative around what these identities mean about me. Because 
again, it's my life. I get to live it the way that I choose to. I get to live it in a way that is in accordance with my values and not what somebody's, somebody else's expectations are, what somebody else's thoughts are about me being a Black child-free woman. Um, like, I've just gotten to a point where, yes, I understand that those are the limits you would like to place on me. I'm I'm not claiming that. I have other narratives that I can live from. Yes, yes. Oh, I love it. I love it. And that's what this is. This is all about. This is what your story is about and other child-free Black women. Because again, we already got enough eggs and boulders and everything being thrown our way. If we can't learn to empower ourselves, we do ourselves a disservice because there are so many people who want to tear us down on any given day. So with that being said, where do you see yourself in regards to being Black, being child-free in media? Yeah, I I think that's the most difficult part, has been the most difficult part of my child-free experience is knowing that we are not depicted as often as other child-free groups of people. Um, and so I've been intentional in searching out spaces like yours. I have been intentional about making sure that certain people are on my social media feeds. Like it's always going to be Tracy Ellis Ross for me. We love her. <laughs> um, we do. <laughs> that woman. Um, it's also going to be Rachel Cargill because she is like the embodiment. Yes. The kind of person that I want to be. The yes. kind of life that I want to live. I'm intentional about those images making their way onto my feed. Um, and I'm starting to be more intentional with having conversations with people in real life who maybe are not child-free in the same way that I am, but are currently living single or as a couple without kids. And it, I think sometimes that's the harder part because you don't always know the totality of somebody's story. Like if there was pregnancy loss or child loss. Yes. Childless as opposed to child-free. Yes. Um, but opening myself up to getting to know other Black child-free people in person is a big part of how I can combat the fact that I don't see a lot of me depicted. So India, as we come to a close, a lot of times there are sisters who they know at a young age, you kind of reference it, you know, like they, before they could open their eyes, they're like, I don't want kids, right? Or they had experiences of like, I had to take care of my siblings or just because I played with this doll doesn't mean that I desired to be a mom in 20 years. Right. What would you share with a young sister who is younger than you, maybe 18, 19, 20? And they're mm -hmm. like, I want to, I, I know that I'm child free, but I'm getting all this pressure from family, from my boyfriend or my girlfriend or my auntie. With you being who you are today, how would you guide that young sister? I would say be, be who you are. If you know that that's where you are, then continue to live your life from that place. And if you decide at some point that you change your mind, that's okay too. Mm -hmm. Never decide that you change your mind like me. That's okay too. Um, I think the biggest piece of advice I could I could give is let certainty live where it needs to live. If you are certain that you don't want to have kids, great. And let ambivalence need, live where it needs to live. Like for me, I think I might want to be sterilized, but I'm not sure yet. Mm -hmm. So I'm in, I am in no hurry to make that happen. But I still know that I don't want to have kids. So wherever certainty lives, be okay with that. Yes. Wherever influence lives, be okay with that. Because we are 
<laughs> we are multifaceted. We are complex. We can have different experiences throughout our life that might change things. And that is okay. Like, let it be complex where it needs to be complex. Yeah. And sure, where you are sure. Mm -hmm. And it's those kind of conversations that we need to have more of, because I can't recall being um, in my teens or 20s and someone talking about child free, right? I think this is still, although there's been women who've never had kids from the beginning of time, I think this concept or this lifestyle of child free, people are just like, What's the big deal? That is a large part of why I decided to, to let you know that I wanted to be interviewed. I'm like, listen, if I have been feeling this way for X amount of years, there is somebody else out there who will one day feel the same way. Yes. And I want to know that it's okay for you to choose based on your values, your desires, and not somebody else's. That is okay. Yes. And that's why this podcast and interviewing sisters like you is so important. When I'm long and gone, it might be something different, you know, with YouTube by then, but mm -hmm. someone to be able to click on a video and said, wow, you know, I remember when I saw India's video or when I remember when Angela interviewed this sister, to be able to have all these narratives in one place and everyone shares similarities, but it's so awesome to also see the differences um, in all of the women that have been on this platform. So, so mm -hmm. India, the question I always end with is any regrets, anything that you would do differently um, about this child-free choice, this child-free space and lifestyle that you've created for yourself? So far, no. I think it's not a regret. It's just something I can do better next time is again, being more upfront sooner about my desire to not have children when it comes to romantic relationships. Um, it's not something that I regret because we were able to handle it. It's just that the way that we got there was not the best. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't have any regrets and I'm looking forward to what the next story, what the next chapter is going to look like because I don't, I don't know yet. I just know that it's not going to involve being a mom. So yeah. I'm excited to see what the, the next few years look like. Yeah. Well, we are excited that you have joined us. And here is the great time where I always want sisters to shine. And I say, shine bright like a diamond. So India, you've already dropped the nugget. You need to first let me know where you're going to be playing. So I can yeah. hear this band. But yeah. let us know um, what great things you have going on in your life. If you want people to follow you where you um, can be found. And of course, everyone, I will have all India's information in the notes in the podcast or on YouTube. But India, shine like a diamond. Let's, let us know what's going on. Yeah. So personally, I am not on social media that often. If you want to connect with me on Facebook, I'm there. It's my first and last name. I'll be honest, that's mostly there so that my folks know I'm alive and well. I don't post there that often. All um, good. I am on Instagram a little more often where I share band-related things. I share some of the creative things that I do, just personal day-to-day -day things, some of the stuff about being a therapist. Um, and that, at Miss Simone, M-S dot S-Y-M-O-N-E underscore. I'm on Instagram a lot more often, so you can find me there. Um, if folks are wanting to connect professionally, like I said, I am a licensed therapist and I currently work at a group practice in North Carolina. So if you Google my name plus therapist, you can find the website very easily. Um, you can call the office, send me an email, and we can figure out whether or not I might be a good fit for your clinical needs. Um, and lastly, 
the band will be playing. We do a lot of jazz, R&B, funk, pop, all the old school stuff that I love playing. Yes. Uh, but I would love to see anybody there. And of course, if you check us out on Facebook as well, Inspire um, N-S-P-I-R-E. Okay. Not on Facebook, then you can see all of our upcoming events there. And we'd love to see you. And how long have you been playing? I have been playing saxophone since I was 12, so almost 14 years now. But I have been playing with the band for the last two years. Mm-hmm. Um, and the core of the band, they've been together for a long time. Um, we have a drummer, bass player, lead vocalist. They make me sing backgrounds every now and then. And then I play saxophone. And then we you hold it out. You play saxophone and you're a singer. India, you holding out. I do my best. <laughs> um, and we have two keyboards, one of whom sings as well. Um, so it's it's so much fun. I I joined the band back in 2021 after their saxophone player passed away. Um and I'm I'm just grateful to have been accepted into the band and to be in the same orbit as that man was once in awesome. because he's a phenomenal saxophone player. So we have a lot of fun. Good. Um, That's what it's all about. That's what yes. it's all about. Yes. Well, India, I want to thank you so much for sharing space and time with me. I always tell people that a quarter is valuable. And on a quarter, there's motherhood. And on the other side, there's child free. And mm-hmm. people don't just say, oh, the other side of the quarter, is it doesn't mean anything. A quarter is valuable no matter what side you flip it on. And so I want to thank you for sharing your child-free story, your child-free narrative, because I see it as a blessing um, and an honor when people can sit down and just say, this is my life. This is who I am. This is me. So with that being said, I want to thank everyone for listening to India. Thank you so much for following No Bibs, Burps, Bottles. You can find more information about our special guest, India, in the show notes. Continue to watch the other YouTube videos or listen to the other Spotify um, and podcast episodes. But again, we want to just thank you for your support. And as we always end, I want you to remember this. Womanhood is not synonymous with motherhood. Until we meet again, peace. You have been listening to the No Bibs, Burps, Bottles podcast, a podcast dedicated to the empowerment of African-American Black child-free women. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave us a five-star rating. And don't forget to share this podcast with another child-free bestie. Stay tuned for the next episode. And until then, keep living your best child-free life.